What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode one of Tooch Talks. I am Tooch, and I will be talking. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I know a lot of people probably know me from Groovru. If you're listening now, getting in on the action early here, episode one. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for all the interactions. I know I haven't always been the greatest in the past about getting in touch with people and responding to comments and things like that. I've been trying to do better lately. I have been doing better lately, but there's always room for improvement. And I'm hoping this is a good platform for me to be able to reach out to people that might have questions about what I'm up to or what's going on in my head. Today it's going to be mostly music related, but considering this is episode one, I figured that's a good time to talk about you know, what I want to do here. What's the vision? Ultimately, I just want to use this as a platform to talk about ideas, not just drumming, not just musical ideas. Those are great. There's also a lot of great drum podcasts out there for you to listen to already. There's Drumheads podcast. There's I'd Hit That, there's Drummers I Like, Drum Gab. It's a lot of drummer podcasts. And I am absolutely happy to answer some gear questions if you guys have that. Or questions about tuning, if you want to go in depth. Whatever drum-wise you want to talk about, I am down. But I don't just want this to be a drum podcast. I see it much more as a chance to explore ideas all over the spectrum. I definitely have interesting people that I know in all sorts of different fields with different perspectives. And I think it is important to vary your perspective up. I think it's important to think about things from other points of view. I think it's important to have a wider variety of interests than just the drum set. Every time I have done something else that's artistically related that's not exactly playing drums, I've been able to feel myself grow as a drummer. So definitely picking up a bass or picking up a guitar, playing that, that's certainly a direct connection where I've even begun to think about each drum more like each note on a guitar string. Not in the exact same way, it's obviously not a scale, and there's a lot of other factors, but it's helped me really focus on clarity and tonality when I'm playing. Same goes for writing, right? Definitely some of you guys know that I'm into screenwriting, written a couple movies, a couple TV shows. Nothing's gotten picked up yet, but we got our fingers crossed. Would love to share some good news with y'all in the near future, hopefully. This is Hollywood, you just never know. But script writing and writing in general has definitely also helped inform what I do on a drum set. I, especially thinking about like a drum solo, I was a total anti-drum solo guy. Hated, hated, hated them. Didn't want to listen to them, just no interest. I always felt like the drummer's job was to serve the song. And while I still definitely agree with that, you know, 99.9% of the time, 
there is something to be said about a drum solo when it is done musically and when there's a story involved. And I don't think I realized the importance of having that story within a drum solo, and that's what makes a drum solo so great, is you have characters, right? You think about each little rhythm maybe you play as an individual character, and there needs to be multiple characters. They need to come in and out of the scenes, right? You're not going to play every rhythm that you know at the same time. You're going to pick very distinct ones. One of them might be a fat bartender lady. Maybe that's, you know, four rim clicks on the snare drum. Eh, probably bass drum or floor tom, huh? That makes more sense. Let's go with that. So, you know, you got your fat bartender lady on the kick drum. And maybe she's she's hitting on a younger, handsome man in the bar. Maybe he's your snare drum. And then here comes the rim shot to the handsome man's girlfriend. And they start to interact. And I think when you open up your thinking, as wacky as that sounds, and I know it sounds wacky because I just said it, but when you start to open up your thinking in ways like that, it is going to change the way that you, you play drums. And it's not just solos. I think about that overall when I'm playing a song as just a support piece as well. So I think about that where if there's a fill, excuse me, if there's a fill that is a really strong character within that song, that's probably something I'm going to want to have recur somewhere else in the piece, somewhere else in that story. It can't be in every scene, so you get bored of that character. Just like you get bored of a person if you see him all the time, all the time, all the time, right? So just be prepared. It's called Tooch Talks for a reason. I don't want it to just be Groovru. I want you all to get to know me as Tooch. And I want to think better, feel better, be better, and I have a feeling and a thinking and a being that this will help me achieve all those things. It's just one, one part of the process. It's all mind. You realize that. The only thing you're stuck in is not even history. It's just mind. It's a model you have of who you think you are and who you think everybody else is. That's all it is. That's exactly what's causing your suffering at this moment is your own thought forms. And you're clinging to them and saying, this is real. Before we get into the questions here, I just want to tell you guys about an experience I had at Red Rocks Amphitheater, Colorado, Denver. A couple weeks ago. Ah, probably even two months ago. I don't know. What is time? But I was going to work there. My dad was doing some sound for the Avit brothers, and I was going to help him out, doing a lot of pushing of cases and just kind of telling stagehands where to put stuff. It's all stuff I've done before. 
So I can fall right into it. It's yeah. I can I can order people around. I can handle that. But first off, wow. I mean, if you haven't been there, I can't recommend it highly enough as an atmosphere and an, and an environment for a show. I haven't been to all the venues, but I have to imagine that's got to be one of the most beautiful places to play music for people in the world. It's just breathtaking, natural, natural amphitheater with rocks on all sides. So there's these beautiful red rocks, the red rocks sitting behind the stage and then they go up either side so that the audience is just totally enclosed and it forms this really interesting acoustic environment where sound just shoots up along the mountain walls all the way up to the top. It's about 10,000 people all the way at the top. You look down, you can see Denver and just green rolling mountains. Just gorgeous view. And I got to see it from all sides because my dad was working, so I got a backstage pass. What? Yeah, I know. I I didn't deserve it, but I got it, and I took advantage of it. But... <clears throat> Being on the stage there was just so inspiring. I got to talk to Mike Marsh, drummer for the Avid Brothers. He was drummer for Dashboard Confessional for a long while. He got hooked up with the Avid Brothers through Rick Rubin, who, if you don't know, is probably the most prolific music producer of our time, working on things from System of a Down to Jay-Z and more pop stuff. Rihanna, he's done all the Avid Brothers records, or at least all their new, newer ones. He's just a titan of music, run DMC, anything. Rage Against the Machine, the dude's record history is unbelievable. And Mike, the drummer, I'm not didn't get the full story on how he had met Rick. I would love to have him on and talk about that actually. But Rick is the Rick Rubin is the one that hooked up the Avid Brothers and Mike. And I asked Mike, you know, I got to talk to him during sound check a little bit. I didn't want to bug him too much, but out on stage there after his drum set was set up and they kind of finished his portion of check. I went up there and was chatting just asking him questions he had one of his his rack toms were basically reversed so the first one was lower than the second one and i was just asking him why he was doing that and he said he just had done it one time basically as as kind of a goof to try and switch up the style get a little bit out of his comfort zone and then he had just liked it and he kept it and i thought that was an interesting approach. It's very unique. I'd never seen a drummer do that before. Seemingly kind of counterintuitive. I remember I, I had done that when I was trying to work outside of my comfort zone and, and just see what happens when I move pieces around the kit when I was much younger, probably 12, 13 or something. And 
I I liked it then, but I I switched back and went to traditional, and you know I I played high, middle, low on my toms. I've played that way forever. But he had a you know a little unique special flavor, a little sauce that's just his, which I thought was really interesting. And he was just talking to me, asking me you know kind of where I'm at, and he knew a little bit because he had talked to my dad. My dad was bragging on me because. That's what he does. He's a good fella. Um, but he was just, you know, kind of asking me where I'm at and asking me about the musical theater that I had done. And he told me that 26 was his first van tour with Dashboard Confessional. And basically they made that record and they toured it. And it ended up you know, being a big hit on the billboards and that's where everything changed for him. And that was just so refreshing to hear. It was honest. It was inspiring. It's what I needed in the moment because I I just turned 26 in the middle of September. And it's, it's hard. It's hard hustling out here. You know, there's times where it's the best and when I get to perform all the time it's great but when you don't know you know where the next paycheck's coming from or are you gonna have to design a website or are you gonna get a gig out of nowhere because I get a lot of short-term even a couple days notice on a gig just falling out of the sky and it's this constant not a battle but it's just constant uh this constant gray limbo that that I kind of live in and to have him as someone who lived in that for a long time and is finally kind of out on the other side and saying it's it's possible takes work but you can do it it just really struck me in that moment it was immensely helpful and I, I just can't thank him enough for talking to me it was great and as he was going to leave, you know, I didn't want to take up too much of his time. He's a busy guy. He's got to prepare himself to play in front of 10,000 some screaming people. He told me that I could play his drum set that was all set up. And I looked at it, and man, I was tempted. I took some pictures you guys might have seen where it's just looking up at, at the stadium or, or at the amphitheater, I should say. It's empty, but gorgeous day. It's beautiful drum set. It's all chromed out. All symbols are nice and shiny. Just begging, begging for me to play it. But in that moment, I, I said no. I said, I, I don't want to eat this dessert right here. I want my first time playing at Red Rocks to be playing at Red Rocks. I I want to have earned it and I want to have that feeling that I know is possible because Mike was talking about it. The feeling of being on the other side. From from all the uncertainty from the is this really a job or is this me trying to run away from adulthood? That there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel and when one day I finally earned that drum seat and I'm up there playing for everybody at Red Rocks, 
I can look back at that moment and know that was a huge part of the driving force that got me there. All right, let's do some questions here, eh? Cool. Thank you, everybody, for asking questions. Going to be honest, I didn't get as many as I was hoping for, but the ego can use a good kick in the balls every now and again, so thank you for that, everybody. And uh, hopefully the uh, interest grows as the effort grows here. Now that I've taken the time to finally do this. All right, first question comes from Caramel without the CA. Hey, man, it's always sick to see you play and progress. Thank you so much. It means a lot. Just wondering if you, if for your podcast, when you put it out, wink, wink. Ah, see, he knows. He knows I've been talking about this for too long. Finally doing it. All right. If you could tackle how to get over music depression. Like sometimes I'll be practicing something on guitar, but compared to other people, it just doesn't feel like I'm progressing as fast as them. Hope this works. All the best. I think really what it comes down to is you got to stop judging yourself by other people's metrics. And that's also nearly an impossible task. But you can definitely get better at it because I've definitely gotten better at it. And I think it really applies to kind of all aspects of life. It's much more about you being on your own journey of where you are and accepting that for what it is. Because any energy that you spend thinking about, oh, I'm not as good as that person, they're way better than me, or why is it so easy for them, it's so hard for me, it, it's all the same as why is he better looking, you know, why doesn't she want to date me, why does he have a six pack, why can he dunk, why is he smarter than me at math, because that's the way life is. It's, it's unfair. We can't all be the best at everything. But if you're willing to work at something, I think the old tortoise and the rabbit tale is definitely have some merit. Like a rabbit that works hard and doesn't give up will always kick the shit out of a tortoise, right? Of course, it's so much naturally faster. It's not even a competition. That would not be a good fable if the, the hare just came out and ran its ass off, sprinted the whole way, and beat the tortoise by a mile and a half. There's not a whole lot of lessons in that other than natural talent plus a lot of effort is going to make you the best. Which, you know, that's actually a pretty valuable lesson too. But I think there's a little more value in thinking about the slow, everyday grind the daily effort it takes. I know when I was playing baseball growing up, I was lucky enough to have a dad that would throw to me every day, even after practice, before practice. We'd always fit in a cage session. And I'd take, you know, 80, 100 more pitches than probably everybody else in my town, at least at my age level. And when I was doing that, I was a better hitter than everybody else. But I got complacent. I got complacent and I stopped practicing at that level when I got older and I paid for it. Part of me definitely blamed it on my coach, 
part of it definitely was on my coach. But a lot of it was that I wasn't putting in that extra work. And instead of looking at myself and being like, well, you you were very good. What's going on here? Things changed. Yeah, of course. But what changed what changed the most here? Your effort. Effort level changed. Instead of going to hit or you know, maybe running or something, I was I'd go home and eat a big bag of popcorn and drink a diet soda and watch Sports Center. And you know, I got a lot of fond memories doing that. But it certainly didn't make me any better better at baseball. Same can be said for music. And I totally understand your frustration. It's definitely the feeling I got when I took a lesson from Thomas Pridgen and felt really, I felt confident as hell going in. Like, oh, Steve's going to love my drumming. This will be great. Excited to show him what I had. Show him what I got. I get there. Throws me a double paradiddle. I'm not a huge rudiments guy. And I hadn't played it a lot. And I was a little nervous. And the speed at which he played it at was it was superhuman, man. It was like... I, I can play sort of fast, kind of, you know, for a rock player. I'm no metal guy, but I can play kind of fast. His his level of intensity is something I, I will never reach. I will never reach, but I've chased it. Chased it like crazy. I chase speed, not the drug. That's bad. Don't do, don't do speed. I can't speak firsthand, but. I've seen enough documentaries. I know that stay away from that shit. But I was chasing speed on the drum set. That and that was the only thing I was focusing on for years. For years. And I'll tell you my technique suffered. And it really going back to like playing guitar and stuff, that really opened me up more than anything. Was especially I was when I was working on speed all the time, I was playing by myself a lot and I was thinking what's going to be the showiest moves I can do for Instagram? Or can I play that 64th note fill as fast as insert drummer name? One of the most important realizations I had was that I'm not that guy. And instead of getting frustrated at, I won't ever be able to play that fast. I accepted that and realized that's it's just not my journey. That's not my progression. I gotta find what I want to sound like, and what sounds good to me is not not playing sixty fourth notes. Sounds good to me as being supportive within a band when I get a good chance to speak with a fill or even a little mini solo. Happy to do it. Love those opportunities. But I'd rather be a musical drummer than a speedy drummer. And I think by just shifting the mental perspective just a little bit and just changing the criteria upon which you're judging your own playing from, well, I you know, he's practicing the same amount of time, but he's getting better than me. Don't you can't worry about that stuff. There are always people who are gonna have more natural talent than you. There's always people who are gonna be taller, there's always people who are gonna be faster. 
It's always people are going to be prettier. It's the way of the world. I think the point of being here is to try and figure out what path you're on, whether that's musically, career-wise, spiritually, whatever you want to talk about. We're all just trying to figure out a way to be happy. And you're not going to find happiness comparing yourself to other people, ultimately. You need to find that happiness within yourself. Find the happiness within knowing that you're getting better at the craft that you want to get better at. And you need to be able to take solace in that instead of playing the am I faster than this guy? Can I play as fast as Stevie Ray Vaughan? Can I shred as hard as Eddie Van Halen? I think when you set up that metric, you're failing right from the jump because you're failing to set the precedent as am I doing as well as I can do? It's the only way you're going to get better. It's the only way you can fight some of that musical mental depression of constantly searching for what could be an unattainable goal and what's oftentimes a goal that you're not even really searching for in the first place. You think you are. I certainly thought I did. But oftentimes you're not. And by letting go of that, you can find what you're actually supposed to sound like. And I think you're going to just, you will personally progress faster because there's less energy being expelled in the way of, but he's better than me, but she's better than me, but he hasn't practiced, but he's 12 year old prodigy, always going to be prodigies, always people better than you. Just worry about your own journey, man. That's the hard part is trying to find what road you're supposed to be on. But when you do, you know it, or at least I think I know it. I don't know. I could be wrong again. I've been wrong a lot. It'll happen again for sure. But right now I feel like I know what I want to be as a drummer. And to a certain extent, I feel like I know what I want to be as a writer. And I'm not interested in, oh, but that show that really sucks that I hate is winning all these Emmy Awards. Of course I still have that. But I've definitely gotten a lot better at not resenting other people's successes because you don't want people to resent you when you're successful. So try and throw your hat in that ring and and keep that karmic circle going by not breaking what should be. We should be able to celebrate successes of everybody. I know that can be very difficult, but I think it's a admirable goal and one worth going for, and I think it'll help out your music playing. So thank you for the question, ma'am. All right, second question comes from Matt underscore Lacey underscore drummer. He says, hey, dude, question for your podcast. How did you split your practice time between the specific disciplines you want to improve, i.e. rudiments, playing to a click, speed, etc.? Keep it up, Matt. And then some rocking emojis. Thanks, man. Thank you for the question. I 
like to split up my practice routine and think about it like I do a fitness routine. If you're just going in there and doing push-ups every single day and you're never doing pull-ups or squats or running or stretching, you're going to get really good at push-ups. <laughs> I was just picturing somebody with just like a ridiculous looking body that just does push-ups and just has like huge muscular man tits, but just very scrawny, everything else, and I giggled. Sorry. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, you don't want to be that guy, right? You don't want to just be push-up guy. You want to be a well-rounded drummer. I think having that diversity, not only in your interests like we talked about, but in your practice routine is extremely beneficial and it kind of keeps your body and your mind a little more engaged than just doing the same kind of practice routine every day. So I'll, I have general things that I'll do most days. So I'll do a warm up, I'll do a helicopters, which basically just take the two butts of the sticks, point the tips out opposite ways, and just swivel your wrists like a helicopter. I'll do those to warm up and do a series of wrist, finger, hand stretches. I'll do that pretty much every day. But as far as what my actual practice content is, changes greatly for example wednesdays when i'm teaching down at the school i'm already doing a lot of pretty simplistic play along work with you know, pretty beginner students so we'll be doing just you know left 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 right 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 or left left right right left left right right <laughs> and i always use that as a good opportunity to just kind of work on basics do some rudiment work on Wednesdays, but mostly just focus on Texas. Am I doing as well as I can do? It's the only way you're going to get better. It's the only way you can fight some of that musical mental depression of constantly searching for what could be an unattainable goal and what's oftentimes a goal that you're not even really searching for in the first place. You think you are. I certainly thought I did. But oftentimes you're not. And by letting go of that, you can find what you're actually supposed to sound like. And I think you're going to just, you will personally progress faster because there's less energy being expelled in the way of but he's better than me, but she's better than me. But he hasn't practiced, but he's 12-year-old prodigy. Always going to be prodigies. Always people better than you. Just worry about your own journey, man. That's the hard part, is trying to find what road you're supposed to be on. But when you do, you know it. Or at least I think I know it. I don't know. I could be wrong again. I've been wrong a lot. It'll happen again for sure. But right now, I feel like I know what I want to be as a drummer. And to a certain extent, I feel like I know what I want to be as a writer. And I'm not interested in, oh, but that show that really sucks that I hate is winning all these Emmy Awards. Of course, I still have that. But I've definitely gotten a lot better 
at not resenting other people's successes because you don't want people to resent you when you're successful. So try and throw your hat in that ring and, and keep that karmic circle going by not breaking what should be. We should be able to celebrate successes of everybody. I know that can be very difficult, but I think it's a admirable goal and one worth going for, and I think it'll help out your music playing. So thank you for the question, ma'am. All right, second question comes from Matt underscore Lacey underscore drummer. He says, hey, dude, question for your podcast. How did you split your practice time between the specific disciplines you want to improve, i.e. rudiments, playing to a click, speed, etc.? Keep it up, Matt. And then some rocking emojis. Thanks, man. Thank you for the question. I like to split up my practice routine and think about it like I do a fitness routine. If you're just going in there and doing push-ups every single day and you're never doing pull-ups or squats or running or stretching, you're going to get really good at push-ups. I was just picturing somebody with just like a ridiculous looking body that just does push-ups and just has like huge muscular man tits, but just very scrawny everything else and I giggled. Sorry. Um <laughs> the uh yeah, you don't want to be that guy, right? You don't want to just be push-up guy. You want to be a well-rounded drummer. I think having that diversity not only in your interests like we talked about, but in your practice routine is extremely beneficial and it kind of keeps your body and your mind a little more engaged than just doing the same kind of practice routine every day. So I'll, I have general things that I'll do most days. So I'll do a warm up, I'll do a helicopters, which basically just take the two butts of the sticks, point the tips out opposite ways, and just swivel your wrists like a helicopter. I'll do those to warm up and do a series of wrist, finger, hand stretches. I'll do that pretty much every day. But as far as what my actual practice content is, changes greatly. For example, Wednesdays when I'm teaching down at the school, I'm already doing a lot of pretty simplistic play-along work with you know, pretty beginner students. So we'll be doing just, you know, left, 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 right, 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 right. Or left, left, right, right, left, left, right, right. And I always use that as a good opportunity to just kind of work on basics, do some rudiment work on Wednesdays, but mostly just focus on technique. I've been really trying to clean up my lazy left hand, as my pops infamously calls it. It's definitely a little less lazy watching videos definitely helped me realize that there's a bad habit there but still have my pinky and my ring finger not always engaged with the stick and not always as relaxed as i as i'd like it to be which leads to a lack of speed or not not a lack but not as fast as i can be and i'm always trying to get better so wednesdays i'll focus on that a lot of times on, I don't have necessarily a set schedule because other than Wednesdays, everything 
for me is pretty hectic between I don't know which band I'm playing with or when band practice is or what I have to do for other work, etc. So I don't have like a Monday I do this. What I'll usually do is kind of go by feel. So if I end up having like, for example, band practice on Wednesday, or excuse me, if I end up having band practice on Monday and Thursday, let's say, well, Monday is a good day for me to play along some music that I like. I always incorporate that into my practice routine at least sometime during the week because that's what always got me into drumming in the first place. Let's put on a Red Hot Chili Peppers song. Let's put on a Blink-182 song. Or if I'm really feeling it, let's you know try and dive into some jazz stuff uh, more in-depthly. But I, I don't ever want to lose that just playing along to a record and and dreaming about playing drums i I don't want to lose that that was a big part of what drew me into drumming in the first place and i know some people kind of look down on it in practice routines but i think not only is it really fun which is ultimately why i play anyways but i think there's there's a little nostalgia factor and something just comfortable about playing along to a song you know the song you're trying to work out the drum part exactly but ah man i just love drumming and that's so much fun rudiments i'm not a big rudiment guy i'll be honest i've done george l stones or whatever stick control for snare independence i think that's his name i've done that with the hands and i've done it with the feet but I don't like just thinking about music in terms of rudiments. I understand it's an important vocabulary trick, and I'm definitely thankful for learning rudiments growing up. But like I said earlier with uh, the other answer, you know, Thomas Pridgen wanted me to play a double paradiddle at a relatively slow speed, and I, I showed up in the lesson and ate, ate my own face. Just so uh, so embarrassed at just playing terribly. Uh, you know, if I had been a double paradiddle advocate for years, I'm sure it would have been a little different. And I, I definitely, I definitely do see the value, but I worry a little bit that it gets a little constraining when you're thinking about music in terms of rudiments instead of thinking about it as a feeling. So, well, I'll definitely practice paradiddles, and I'll sit there and just do four in a row on each hand, three in a row on each hand, one, you know, alternating left left hand leading. I'll run through a lot of those, but as far like a, a drag a McHugh, or think, I'm not sitting there practicing things like that. I haven't found a lot of practical application in the music that I play, either for hire or any of the personal bands that I'm with, um, so I I don't practice it. I've been focusing a lot more on hand technique, like I said, and also just tonality, focusing on where I strike the drum, staying consistent, uh, not hitting rims, just really trying to play clean. That's what I focus on a lot of a lot of days. Uh, that can be part of just playing along to a song 
or that can be its own thing. Just sitting there going one drum at a time. All right, one left hand snare drum, left hand rack tom, left hand floor tom, and just going up and down, hitting single notes on the kit, just playing very, very clean. 